China is buying up huge amounts of American farmland, and much of it is curiously close to key U.S. nuclear sites. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll tell you what I found during my reporting in Montana about communist China's aggressive ambitions in the United States. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Caltech KSG? Well, like everything that Caltech invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltechWeapons.com. Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. I wanted to share this tweet with you. It's a story that The Atlantic wrote. And it's one of the dumbest. They call it the right's new boogeyman. And the story is a defense of a terrorist group called Jane's Revenge, which sounds like a horrible ripoff of Perry uh, Farrell's band, but whatever. The Atlantic wrote, quote, a pro-abortion rights group called Jane's Revenge is claiming credit for acts of vandalism throughout the United States, and right-wing activists and politicians are eating it up. Now, I have an issue with this headline, as you can imagine, because there's even more in this story there, I mean, there's, there's, it's just not a good story. They, this is the media that pushed on January 6th that a riot was a, quote, insurrection. The same media that insisted that a riot was an insurrection now claim firebombing and arson are just simple acts of vandalism. You know that group? No, not the band. Not the much better, actually talented band. It's a terror group. They won't talk about it. I mean, Vice even has a the rights freaking out about Jane's revenge. I think almost anybody would be uh, critical of a group that considered firebombing and arson repeatedly to be considered protected political expression to which reaction could be merely reduced to freaking out. The first thing that they that they claimed was a firebombing of a crisis pregnancy center in Madison, Wisconsin. And that took place uh, just in May. NBC 26, a group claimed credit for the Madison anti-abortion, anti-abortion, it's a pro-life office attack, warns of more, they threatened more. They firebombed the office. And then they threatened more violent attacks and destruction. They didn't care about loss of life. Of course they don't, whether it's in utero or out. They said that they were not going to stop until all of their demands were met. And you're like, well, what, 
what are their demands? Oh, they believe they're one of those groups that think that abortion is totally fine as birth control. And they think it's, um, they think that it should be completely taxpayer funded. It's just wild. They wrote on, they vandal, the one thing that they did vandalize that they didn't, that the one part that wasn't firebomb, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. They said that, they said that uh, the war is upon them. And they said that they're, that we will not stop. They had this stupid statement. And so they hadn't made, they didn't make any arrests because they were trying to figure out who it was. Firebombing and arson, they apparently, a number of uh, uh, crisis pregnancy centers, they also uh, firebombed uh, a, a congressional office. How in the hell is that considered just vandalism? I mean, it's rhetorical. May 8th, the Wisconsin Family Action, that was the first. It was a firebombing. Uh, then you had arson, 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 firebombing, uh, all kinds of stuff. Colorado, June 25th, our Life Choices was the crisis pregnancy center. That was arson. So they went after a birthright crisis pregnancy center in St. Paul. Now that one they just spray painted on. Imagine the pe- and they spray painted blood on your hands on the side of the building. Imagine the people who actually are are trying to protest for taxpayer funded end of life on demand as birth control, and who are firebombing and burning down buildings. They're accusing everyone else of having blood on their hands. So now you can see why there might be some criticism of this Perry Farrell wannabe ripoff name and. Why people would be incredibly critical of an article that sets up actual acts of firebombing, actual acts of arson as pouncing or freaking out. I mean, at what point is vandalism just domestic terrorism? I mean, the FBI claimed that parents speaking out at school boards met the measure as defined apparently in their head as terrorism, they, they describe parents who spoke out at school boards as domestic terrorists. And they tagged them as such in their ongoing investigations. That's, that's what they tagged them as. So that was considered domestic terrorism, but firebombing a, a crisis pregnancy center is not considered domestic terrorism? I mean, I... I'm just, I'm curious. So I feel like, so the Atlantic now, are they giving actual domestic terrorism a pass? I mean, what's worse than arson? I mean, besides murder, but what's, I mean, arson. I mean, this is crazy. What about the attempted assassination of Justice Kavanaugh? No, no, no. Just vandalism. Just some little vandalism. You know, like a mostly peaceful protest. I love how the story is, Oh, the right-wing activists, they're just eating up these these acts of violence. The story isn't about the violence itself. It's about the people on the right, quote, eating up acts of violence, but not about the violence itself. Remember when I said media were rat bastards and I got a lot of heat for that? I meant it. 
I meant every consonant, every delicious vowel of it. Because it's true. I mean, is there... It sounds... I mean, the article... Can I just be real? The article reads like an endorsement of it. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. And crazy, the FBI is not paying attention to it. Isn't that weird? But how dare you disagree with firebombing a crisis pregnancy shelter that helps lower income and homeless pregnant women who want to raise their children. How dare you criticize the fire bombing of that, you extremist in want of a boogeyman? How dare you? Fire bombing is just like graffiti. You know, it's mostly peaceful vandalism. Yeah. That's all. It's like painting it's, a building. Yeah, yeah, only yeah. With it's fire. Just, yeah. It's mostly, mostly, mostly peaceful it's vandalism. It's like the Republicans pounce or Republicans seize. It's a new way to say it. Um, it it's just so dumb. It's like when you call out obvious law-breaking activity on the left, and then it's always Republicans seize on this law-breaking thing that's going on by the left. It's like, what? They don't report. It's not about the law-breaking on the left. It's about people's reaction to it. Yeah. This is just as a latest example on why media sucks so bad. This is why people like me have been critical of it for over 10 years. Because of this. Like, go back to the ProPublica publishing everyone's tax info. All the rich people's tax info because they wanted to they wanted to to uh, feather up this little narrative of uh, jealousy to provoke people into supporting higher taxation. The story should have been on the fact that someone in a government agency, the IRS, Natch, someone in a government agency was leaking confidential information to a media outlet to sway public sentiment on higher taxation. And, in, and the people at ProPublica were like, well, golly, look at those people with the money they're making. Oh, my God. Let's write the story on this. Keystone journalists. Let's write the story on this. The, the, this fellers done leak this stuff to us. Let's go write the story on this. They didn't actually stop and question. Holy crap. Someone from the government gave us this information because they want us to, to emotionally manipulate the public with confidential information that they, A, shouldn't be leaking, and B, we shouldn't have. That's the story. How the government wants to emotionally manipulate people through illegal acts to support certain policies. No, they didn't do this. So now you can kind of see why we don't like the press. Because there's no such thing as a free press. These people are slaves to their political ideology. There's no such thing as a free press anymore. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. 
Y'all, I'm going to tell you about the toughest toddler you are ever going to audibly meet. This little girl, two years old, was playing in the back garden of her family's home in Bengal, Turkey. Neighbors heard her screaming, and they went and found her like a parent's worst nightmare. There was a snake clamped in her mouth. Now, you might be like, wait, wait, clamped in her mouth? So this is what happened. The snake bit her lip, made her mad, and she bit the snake back and killed it. I am not making this up. So they, it's in the village of Kantar, and they dashed in to help the youngster, but found that she had this 20-inch snake. It bit her, and she bit it back. And she, so they took her to the hospital. I mean, she is adorable. She has huge brown eyes. Uh, and they, they called paramedics. They took her to the hospital. She's fine. Um, she was put under observation for 24 hours. And I mean, her, I mean, they could, she, they go, she, she literally bit it back. She got mad, threw a fit and bit it back. This is one tough chick. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. So did you guys see this crazy story over the week and it started trending on Twitter? Tijuana, Mexico, the U.S. consulate, the general in Tijuana, consulate general, instructed American government employees to shelter in place because of, so there were all, there was all this uh, cartel action in Baja, California. Vehicle fires, they were blocking the roads, blowing up vehicles, uh, setting vehicles on fire. So they told the public, avoid the area, seek secure shelter. If you're in the Baja, California area, you should monitor local media. I mean, there's a lot of video on social media. It was pretty crazy. Uh, A Texas police department, they're in a really small town. They, uh, They were, officer posted a photograph of himself posing with Kyle Rittenhouse. He goes, make those stops. You never know who you might meet. And everybody got mad, and they were trying to cancel. It's the Thrall Police Department. You keep that photo up, Thrall PD, because y'all did nothing wrong, and neither did he. Uh, also, a raccoon stole a couple's DoorDash order off their porch. There's video of it. Dude, there's a reason why they look like burglars. I'm just saying. Stick with us. And you can count on us to eliminate the filibuster. Eliminate the filibuster and let let's get some stuff done for America. Mm. So that's John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. We've been talking about Japanese metal like the whole like all the whole time on break. So you sometimes you hear the the product of what we were talking about on break in the bumper tracks. Welcome back, Dana Lash. That was John Fetterman, as I just said. He's speaking on the campaign trail. I he's he's was in the hospital. I mean, he had I mean, a a, a stroke, and it seemed as though strokes are pretty serious, and I I don't want to make light of things. I just don't like it when people lie to me or lie to you, and I want you to understand that you have every right to ask whether an elected official who had a major you know, Siri, I mean, enough to where they were hospitalized, you know, for a significant period. And with Fetterman, he was in the hospital for like what wasn't he like through the whole uh, beginning of the campaign and through a lot of the primary. Correct. And so when it's that serious, you have every right to ask, wait a minute, how is this going to impact your ability to perform an elected office? It's not mean it's not you're you're asking as a 
as a taxpayer, you're asking as a voter, because these are people who are going to make significant decisions on things that affect how much money you're going to bring into your home, how much the things that you purchase cost. You have every right to ask this. And I was looking at this. There's video of this everywhere. A lot of questions about John Fetterman's health. Pennsylvania is a weird Senate race because you have the Republican that I'm not a huge fan of. You know, at least he's not a Democrat, but I hate when that's the only thing that recommends a candidate. You know what I mean? Well, at least he's at least it's not Satan. You know, what I mean, it's just like it seems like there's so much more that you would want to recommend him. Like, you get what I'm saying? With Fetterman, the way that the campaign originally talked about how what his health was anybody who was asking well is that the full story they were accused by you know by some of his surrogates i guess i've seen it on twitter at least that you know you're just being mean-spirited it's just a minor stroke it was called by atrial fibrillation it's a minor stroke and his wife had said there was a clot in his brain they removed it via an incision in his groin which by the way can i just pause for one moment and just actual real science God love you. Take a blood clot out of someone's brain through their groin. That's pretty amazing. Now, they, I mean, it, when, when they were talking about it, it sounded, I mean, I don't know. There was a lot of questions. Was it like a thrombectomy? Like, what was this? And there was um, a, a, a blog called The Skeptical Cardiologist. And they were looking at just what the campaign had been saying about Fetterman. And the cardiologist who wrote, who authors that website, Anthony Pearson, said it doesn't make sense when he was talking about his health. And this came from the Philadelphia Inquirer. It doesn't make sense. And he was like, look, I have no knowledge of his medical situation, but a defibrillator would never be implanted unless another patient has a condition besides AFib. And they were talking about what was done with Fetterman during his surgery. And... Apparently, they were saying that that's something that, you know, by the campaign, that they were saying that that's what I guess he had done, that they and, and it didn't make sense to these cardiologists who were writing about it. So they were wondering, well, how much heart trouble is he actually having? Because the, what this doctor said was uh, a defibrillator does not treat AFib, a condition that arises in the left atrium at the top of the heart. Instead, it shocks one of the heart's lower chambers, the ventricles that pump blood. And you install it when you're worrying about a, a patient maybe going into cardiac arrest again. So I don't know what the what the issue is. It sounds I, a lot of people are speculating that there may be something more. And he's lost a lot of weight. And may, I, I just this is what the problem is when campaigns are not honest with voters, then voters are going to speculate. And you can't blame them because they have every right to ask these questions. And I, I hate that we're at this point where it's like you're shamed if you ask it. There's one thing about making fun of like when Trump was walking down a ramp and it was wet and he had on dress shoes and then acting like he's he's impaired somehow. Being stupid like that is one thing. But when you have like Biden, for instance, when he can't string repeatedly, when you compare his his speeches today from his speeches a few years ago. Oh, my gosh, there's such a difference. Only the most petty partisan would would deny it. You can absolutely ask legitimate questions about that. And that's not being mean-spirited. You're, at, you're wanting to know. 
And the same with this. I mean, this is wild. This clip where he was speaking, it's just weird. He does not, he doesn't seem entirely healthy yet. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, you don't want someone to get no, because the stress that comes with elected office, I just can't imagine that that's healthy for someone who's recovering from everything that he's, I mean, I don't know. But this is a very, it's a demanding job in the Senate. I mean, if he's recovered well enough to where he can handle the campaign and handle the seat, that's one thing. But his campaign stops in the video of this that we played that's going around. It has everybody, including a lot of Democrats, asking. And the worst thing that his campaign could do is to lie about it or refuse any kind of transparency. Don't you think that would actually make, I mean, regardless if it's a Republican or a Democrat, don't you think that would actually make voters maybe, it would endear them a little bit more to you if you if you were honest about it? I don't know why politicians don't do this. I have no, I don't know why they don't do this. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. All I'm going to say is when I was looking at this lady's mugshot, I'm all like, I am okay if, you know, you do, because a lot of people have to do the fake lashes for TV and all that. But if you're just like out and about in real life, you don't need to be gluing those spider legs to your eyes like that. Like have them be realistic in length. You know what I mean? So that's all the only thing that I had to add to this story. This story has to do with Chloe Rainick, 23 year old North Carolina resident. Now she goes to Fort Lauderdale to start some problems. She was accused of drugging a Fort Lauderdale man and stealing over $50,000 worth of cash and other items. She split and was arrested in Nevada last week. Now, according to NBC Miami, she was driving with a suspended license. She also got an additional charge of grand theft for the robbery in Fort Lauderdale on June 10th. She said Bobby Scully told NBC Miami he was just trying to have a good time. He went out partying. He met this woman. And she robbed him, took his Rolex, his iPhone, his wallet. Did she have those lashes on when you met her? Because I could have told you this, dude. I could have warned you all this stuff, you know, could have saved you a lot of problems, a lot of problems indeed. So she's she's totally in jail. Uh, Well, when pending trial, I have to get to this story. This is a Florida teacher who was accused of biting kids over jars of condiments. She's... this is an older story, but I, I have not seen this. This is in Bartow, and it was a teacher uh, who they were, she, she got aggravated at two students who had taken a jar from her. Uh, they, at first, the students thought she was playing around, uh, and she, but she had bitten them on the forearm because they were, I guess, trying to play keep away. Uh, one of the students is 15. Bites a 15-year-old student. So she was... She was in trouble. She was placed on paid administrative leave. That's kind of, I mean, we're having problems like all right now, right? Uh, let's see. This Florida woman, this is in Clearwater. She stole tips from an ice cream shop and hit the owner on the head with the tip jar. Indian Rocks Beach, WFLA. Pinellas County Sheriff got Michelle Hag, 55, at the Tropical Ice Cream. She was cursing workers and... Flipping them off. They took her into custody. Felony battery, petty theft, disorderly conduct. 
She's in jail. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. China is buying up huge amounts of American farmland, and much of it is curiously close to key U.S. nuclear sites. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll tell you what I found during my reporting in Montana about communist China's aggressive ambitions in the United States and how the world is still giving it a pass on COVID. I'll also share the latest heartbreaking story about how the people flooding our borders are being exploited by cartels and our own government. Join me, follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.